welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello and welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today I have Amanda Brabeck joining me from Boston, and I am so excited to have her here. Um, Another wonderful guest that was brought to me through social media, one of the true benefits of just being able to connect with people virtually from anywhere. And what I love is it's just like each time that I get connected with someone through social media and we hop on the Zoom call, it's usually the first time I'm seeing them like face to face, even though it's virtually. And it's always just like this instant connection of like, I mean, I feel like we could have just kept chatting, chatting, chatting. And then I was like, yeah. Okay, and then we, we would have been like, yeah. Okay. Oh, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to record. And it's so fun just to get to meet all these different like-minded people and hear their stories and the impact that they're looking to create in the world. So welcome to the podcast today. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I definitely feel the exact same. Like, I feel like I have so many random friends in different states now that I've never actually met in person, but feel like I have such a strong connection with just through Instagram and doing the podcast and all of that. So I love it. I know it's, it is like one of the biggest blessings of social media of getting to connect with all these people that you otherwise would not have had the opportunity to meet. And it can be such an empowering place when you start to just let go of any of the negativity or the people trying to bring you down and just instead look for the like-minded people and see the beauty in those relationships that you can start to cultivate, um, through social media. So agreed. I would love for you to talk a little bit about what got you to where you're at in your journey today and the type of work that you're doing and what you're passionate about within that. Okay. Um, my gosh, where to start? So currently, like you just said, living in Boston, I'm, I have my own personal training business. I teach spin at the handlebar. Um, if you're ever in Boston, come check us out. And, um, I have some virtual stuff, the podcast, body image coaching, that kind of thing. But I actually started out, um, working at Boston magazine, doing marketing and event planning and like doing the whole corporate world thing for like four years out of college. And then I randomly got a job that was fully remote before the times of jobs being fully remote. And I like found myself with all of this free time and started really like exploring some of the boutique fitness classes in Boston and really fell in love. I never really done group fitness except for like, you know, the rec center ones at like the college gyms, you know, which are like just not the same as a super nice boutique fitness. Um, 
studio. Like that was the days where like no one had sets. No one like looked cute. We went to the gym and are like flared capri leggings and big, you know, free t-shirts that you got from like a random college event or whatever. Um, so I was like blown away when I started to go to these, um, fitness classes and studios and stuff and just like loved the energy that it brought. And specifically, um, she's Boston based, but now since COVID has, um, such a big virtual thing going on. Um, I took all these classes by kick it by Eliza, which is like beat based kickboxing. And there was such an emphasis on empowerment and um, just like everyone being welcome and, you know, taking modifications if you need it and supporting each other and lifting each other up. And I had not really seen that very much in any kind of fitness setting. So I was really drawn to that. And I, since I had all the free time, decided I was going to just take a leap and audition to be an instructor and go through their training. And I grew up extremely shy. Like I was not a confident person. I was so shy, literally to the point where like, granted, I was like five, so don't judge me too hard. But like my mom would pack my lunch every day. And when she would give me lunch money to like, just as a treat, I would bawl my eyes out and be like, mom, I just don't know how it works. And she would have the teachers like walk me through how like I just had such social anxiety about anything. So I knew it was like a really huge leap, but I really felt called to do it. And then once I got started, it kind of just like snowballed. And I started um, also teaching at Everybody Fights, which is a boxing gym here in Boston, um, and just kind of started like picking up all these different certifications and quickly quit my corporate job and kind of jumped into full-time fitness. Um, maybe like jumping in a little bit two feet first. Um, but during that whole journey, I kind of started to realize besides that really positive experience with Kick It by Eliza, um, I really started to notice either like, or both, you know, all body image issues and, um, you know, I would see clients after taking this super, super intense 50 minute workout while everyone else is stretching there in the corner, trying to do abs and make it quote unquote count. And, you know, I would just hear all these different stories and see all these different behaviors and see clients going to two of those classes a day, more than that every single day. Um, and also started to notice a lot of, you know, behaviors within the trainers, whether they were kind of suffering from the same thing or they were kind of perpetuating that stuff um, with kind of, you know, that really toxic diet culture kind of world. Um, so I felt, I started to feel called to really focus on that. Um, but I also noticed within myself, I really dealt, and like maybe we could get into this later, um, dealt with body image issues like my whole life. And I felt like I had gotten to a point that was really good. But when I started in full-time fitness, it like really backslid a lot. Um, you know, feeling like a fitness instructor has to look a very specific way. And it's so silly, but thinking like, if I don't have a six pack, will people want to hire me to be their personal trainer? So I was one of those people doing two or three classes a day, like super high intensity. Um, and I like see pictures from back then. I'm like, don't have any life behind my eyes. Like 
my cortisol was like through the roof. I had wicked bad hormonal acne. I was so tired. Like I would require like a two hour nap every single day, which is if that's happening, like you have to change something. Um, and COVID really like slowed me down and forced me to kind of sit in all of it. And honestly, not thank God for the pandemic, of course, but like, thank God for that wake up call because I've gotten to such a good point. And now it's such a huge part of what I do with my clients, with the podcast, starting a body image program. Um, and it's really like the biggest thing that I'm passionate about in terms of fitness. <laughs> like, I don't fucking care if you have a six pack. I don't care how much you can lift. I care that you're doing it for the right reasons, you know? Mm. That was a lot of words. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I loved it. And I'm curious for you within your journey, like you said, the pandemic was that wake up call for you. When you started to have that wake up call, what type of work did you start to do to shift your mindset back into a place where you felt empowered around your body and like not focusing on that idea of having a six pack needs to be like the main focus, but instead of like just feeling good in your body, when you look at yourself, because personally, that's something that I know I struggle with like day to day. I can say it out loud. Like I don't need a freaking six pack. I don't need to be the most in shape person. And then I get, I like posted about this on my TikTok a few um, weeks ago. Like the first thing I do when I get out of the shower is I look in the mirror and I find absolutely everything that I think looks wrong with me. And I'm trying really hard to not do that and want to instead look in the mirror and be like, you're fucking strong. Like you birthed two humans, you back squatted that weight. Like that's awesome. Yeah. And like, that's my journey. And also knowing that like my body is going to look different than everybody else's. Like we're not all meant to look the same, but for whatever reason, learning to love our bodies is for me, it's a truly a per a battle. And yeah. it's like, I want it's so badly to just like feel good in my own skin, but struggle with it. And I'm curious for you, like what work did you have to do to get to where you are today, where now you're able to help other people start to have that love for themselves? Yeah. I mean, literally so many things, but, um, I'll start by saying it's not like I'm like healed and, feeling positive and love the way I look every single day. Like, I think that we have to erase that idea from existence. Like, if you can get there, oh my God, amazing. Share with us what you did. But like, taking that pressure off yourself to feel so in love with the way that you look every day will help immensely to start. But um, yeah, I think that for... I don't know my whole life I kind of like was very like from a young age was very aware of the fact that my body was being viewed or watched if that makes sense like from the littlest things even out of like complimenting and being nice but like you know family members when I was like little being like you have such a flat stomach. I'm so jealous. I never had anything like that. Or you're so good, blah, blah, blah. Like those little comments that really 
start to, you know, from a young age, wire your brain to be like flat stomach. Good. If I yeah. don't have that bad, if I don't have that, I also was very insecure and shy. So if I didn't have that, what did I have to give to the world, you know? And then obviously those kinds of things kept coming back up once I was in um, the fitness world professionally. But I think slowing down kind of forced me to build a level of trust in my body that I didn't ever really have. Um, like, you know, everything closed down, we are stuck at home and I was, you know, doing workouts from home and made it like a fun thing of like posting a workout on Instagram. Cause you know, we thought it was going to be two weeks. So I was like, Oh, I'll do this two week challenge. I'll post a home workout every day for two weeks. And then like, it got longer and longer. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't post as many workouts, but, um, you know, I wasn't going to these high intensity classes. I was resting a lot more sitting a lot more probably, you know, the first couple of weeks felt like it was like a long snow day kind of thing. So I'm like eating whatever. And maybe I didn't feel like as strong or whatever, but I actually started to find a level of trust in my body that it didn't completely change in those few weeks, few months, because like, I think that was always the worry of like, if I don't get to this class, if I don't not eat this thing, then like, it's all going to unravel. And it kind of helped me build this trust of like, my body knows what it's doing. And for a little bit, I think I did gain some weight and then lost some and gained some and lost some a little bit. I don't weigh myself, so I don't really know the exact, you know, situation. But um, I think that's big part of it. And then so much of it is just internal work. Like I've really, because I was like noticing these shifts really kind of like sat down again at home, a lot of stillness, but like sat down with like my journal and like actually reflected back on my relationship with my body and realized a lot of things that were super disordered that I always thought were just normal because they're normalized. And it's because you know, most of your friends are saying things about themselves or doing certain things. Um, so I think that's kind of also a big misconception that it's all about the physicality. And so much of it is about reminding yourself of your value beyond what you look like, um, you know, spending time unlearning a lot of things that we've been taught our whole lives and realizing that like, we're not flawed for feeling this way. We literally were like trained to feel this way from day one, you know, that was there's so a, many different things. But. Yeah. There's just a lot. So like, there's so much. I want to kind of unpack a little bit, like the work that we all need to do, because like you said, it starts at a very young age where our body image someone makes a remark about it and we hold on to that and that requires us to unlearn something that has been a part of us for years and yeah. that isn't easy to do and it takes a lot of work like you said like you sat down you journaled you reflected on your relationship with your body but for you and for anybody listening like how do we go about unlearning like relation or relating our worth to our image? Yeah. 
So it kind of starts, and this is what I start um, my body image group with is like an unlearning section where we kind of go back and reflect on so many things. Like literally someone sent me a picture of these two baby onesies that were like super genderized, which is just like annoying anyways. But there was like one that was like guns and something, something baby that started with a G. And then there was a female one that was like, does this make my thighs look fat? Or like, don't look at my thighs or something like that. And it's just like, are you kidding? They're infants and we're already putting this like into existence. Um, but especially like for us growing up in like the nineties, early two thousands era, and it's bad for any generation behind us. Like I'm not going to dismiss any of that, but I feel like that was such a height of diet culture. Um, and to really spend some time going back and reflecting on a lot of the messages and it can be kind of like triggering almost, but it really helps you kind of take the pressure off yourself of like this, these thoughts are not facts. These thoughts aren't my fault. I'm not a, I'm not flawed for feeling this way about my body. Like if someone got through all of that totally unscathed with their body image, I commend you and I want to know how, but like things like, um, do you remember when like Jessica Simpson had that concert and every she got slammed for like a major weight gain? It was all over magazines. Like you're so she's so huge, blah blah blah. And even if she was huge, quotation marks, that still would not have been okay. But my memory of it was that like I remember seeing a very large body. When you go back and look at the pictures, she's like a size like four or six. Like still so small and it's wild these like images that our brains kind of create um another big thing i would suggest is listening to the maintenance phase podcast because they do a ton a ton a ton of um like debunking a lot of these like diet culture things like there's a whole episode on bmi um and the obesity epidemic um, and so much of like the scientific facts of it all of like, like one stat that they found, um, were like, if you're five pounds underweight, you're much more susceptible to like major health risks than if you're 50 pounds overweight, which mm. is totally like the opposite that we've ever really been taught. Right. It's like smaller, smaller, smaller focus on that BMI. If you're above a certain range, it's like detrimental to your health. And obviously like there are extremes, but it's wild to think of how much of these disordered things are so normalized mm -hmm. and just spending the time kind of like doing your research or signing up for a program or listening to these podcasts and just allowing yourself to like realize also your own like inherent fat phobias and how beyond how you treat yourself, how do you treat other people as a reflection of how you feel about yourself, you know? Mm. Again, so many things. <laughs> well, where I think there is a big struggle, like you said, is just like misinformation and information mm -hmm. that we've been consuming for so long. For instance, like calorie counting yeah. and like the l less amount of calories that you eat is 
better for you. Right. It's like that was something that I remember distinctively growing up with. And then like, I took that with me to college of like, okay, I've got to eat like as few of calories as I can so that I don't gain the freshman 15. Mm -hmm. And like, it was all about calorie, 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 like down to the exact thing that you were having. And then now we've learned so much more like around what you need to be putting into your body is less about the amount of calories and the types of food that you're consuming, focusing on different areas, obviously depends, like, what are you trying to do for yourself? But like calorie counting is so detrimental. And it's like, you could have a 150 calorie bag of potato chips or like 150 calorie bag of something else. It's like calories actually like the nutritional value around that it's yeah so much more important yeah and but that was what I remember for so long and I think that there's also this issue of we especially as women you know we are seeing these pictures of skinny petite models and now we're definitely seeing this movement of like all bodies being represented and being celebrated, which is so encouraging. But I think that a lot of us, I mean, myself included, we still struggle of like, okay, I want to love my body. I want to love where I'm at. But like, there's a part of me that's also like still holding on the back of my head of like, but I want to look like that girl that just popped up on my newsfeed. I want to look like that model. And it's like this back and forth, like challenge of like, how do we get away from that? And just recognize like our worth, like you said, isn't in our body image. It's in like who we are as a human. And like, instead, I like to think of it as like, the things that we're doing are in celebration of our body, mm-hmm. celebrating the things that we're able to do. Like you getting to work out, that's a celebration of your body. It shouldn't be a punishment for eating a cookie last night. Like we got to start dismantling that stuff and just like really learning how to celebrate our body versus like the shape or the size or the way that we look. And like you said, it's not this like, you get there and you've done it. It's a lifelong process that you have to work at, but like, how do we start to help people that like maybe don't even realize that they have this disordered view due to the fact it's something that they've always known. It's been a part of their life for so long. Like how do we help more and more people just like see like that that way of thinking just like, isn't it. And there's so much more to life. And there's so much more that you can do if we can just like, let go of like a weight and scale number and achieving six pack abs. But it's, it's hard when like, maybe you're doing that work on yourself, but you have a group of people around you that is still very much in the, I need to get back into my pre-pregnancy weight genes, or I need to get back down to this number on the scale. And so then you start to question yourself a little bit. That was like a really big round, uh, roundabout question, but no, totally. Um, I mean, yeah, that's so real. I feel like I kind of deal with that too, because everyone is exactly what you said at such a different point in their journey with this stuff. Some people 
don't recognize it as a problem. They very much, because it's so normalized in their lives, you know, maybe they don't have like a full-blown eating disorder or something, but um, a couple parts. So the first part I would say is like um, asking yourself, or maybe if you're concerned about like a friend, maybe um, if like, that's kind of what you mean, but either way, um, kind of asking yourself, okay, you're all of these patterns, these habits, you're losing weight, fitting into these smaller clothes, but like, what else are you losing? Like, how is it affecting your life? Because I remember in like the height of my super disordered everything, I missed out on so many social events. If I was there, I wasn't present because I was starving. I was tired because I was starving and working out too much. I wasn't listening to what they were saying because all I was doing was thinking about what is the healthiest, healthiest low calorie option I could order off the menu or, you know, just like not being able to be present because I'm so tired and hungry. Um, like so many little things that like it affects your life. Like some people aren't super obsessive about things. So calorie counting, macro tracking might not seem like an issue, but like anything that you have to do for like the rest of your life like that probably isn't like a sustainable positive thing in your life. Um, but in terms of like other people not being there yet, that's okay. I feel like it's super fine to have these conversations in a non-confrontational kind of way. Like, you know, if a friend is, as we do, very much like that mean girl scene of them in Regina George's room in front of the mirror, like, my shoulders are so huge, my nail bits suck, like all that, kind of like calling them out a little bit, not in front of, you know, a bunch of people and making them feel bad, but, you know, like, I really hate when you talk about yourself that way. Like it makes me sad that you see yourself that way when we all see you, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but if it's kind of becoming a problem, like I think with a lot of people, like family members will overstep and make comments about your body. Um, like, oh, did you gain weight? Or, oh, do you really want that second serving? Do you really need dessert? All of that kind of thing um or obsessively talking about themselves especially like i feel like that older generation i don't know if you've ever heard like the almond mom have you ever heard that of like and like no. my mom was not this but like it's a whole thing of like this generation of um women who kind of that same thing trying to eat as little as possible like when they get hungry they have a handful of almonds but of course not any more than just like a handful of like seven almonds whatever the serving size says you know um these like super wayfish moms that like then put that onto their daughters of like really judging anything they eat their size of their body that kind of thing um boundaries man boundaries are key if your friends won't stop talking about that stuff and you've you know, you're reaching your breaking point because it's affecting you on your journey. It's super okay for you to be like, hey, I totally understand that you're insecure about X, Y, and Z. And I get it because I am too. But it makes me really uncomfortable when you're saying that stuff all the time because 
one, it makes me sad for you because I think the total opposite of yourself, but I have a really poor body image and now it's kind of, you know, being put on me. I'd really appreciate it if maybe you talk to someone else about this stuff from now on. And if people can't respect your boundaries, like that's on them, it's not on you. And that's a hard place to get to. But I think that's key. And like with family, especially, I feel like you don't have to like, maybe that's presumptuous, but I feel like less so you have to tiptoe around it. Because if they're saying things to you, like, looks like you gained weight. Do you really need that? They're not tiptoeing around anything. So why should you have to tiptoe around them? Like mm -hmm. I say, be straightforward, flat out. My body's not a topic of discussion or I don't want to talk about that. We're not talking about it. Like that kind of thing. Like make, it'll make them feel uncomfortable and they will stop, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what I was talk like thinking about more. So was like, not really having conversation with a friend, but I love that you talked about that. Cause I think that is important too. like looking out for the people in your circle, but more like you were talking about at the end of like, when you're in your journey of like working towards loving yourself in your body, but the people around you aren't there yet, how do you navigate that? And so I think what you said is perfect of like having those boundaries. It's just hard. I think, because it's like, you want them to be able to tap into what you know, like, yeah. hey, actually like this way of learning and like viewing our bodies is just so, so old and like not correct and not how we should be looking at ourselves. And I don't know, it, it's definitely a struggle. And like I said, I struggle with it myself. Like it is a daily battle that Sundays are really great and other days, not mm -hmm. so much or like, I'll get done with a workout and I'll feel really strong and be like, so proud of what my body just did for me. And I'm like really working on just learning to celebrate those things versus looking at my body and finding things wrong with it. But it's definitely like this inner, it's a struggle. It's a battle. Yes. Like some days I'm like feeling really good. And other days it's like, I could come up with a reason like a thousand reasons. Like if I look in the mirror and like you said, it's, I think for me, honestly, it's just like trying to not look in the mirror after the shower, because it's like, what good does that do? Like, what is that serving me? Is there something that I'm hoping to see there? That's going to give me this like worth that I'm seeking when actually like, that's like a worth that I don't need. Instead, I need to learn yeah. to see my value and my worth and like who I am and how I show up in the world. And that is super, super important to me because I have a son and a daughter. And especially like, I want Griff to also be helped in that journey, but I really care about Clara and the way in which we're speaking in front of her. Like I try to be very hyper aware of like, am I looking at myself in the mirror and like grabbing my belly in front of her? Like, am I yeah. doing things in front of her that are going to be like you were talking about something that sticks with her that then she's like, Oh, well, mom was like looking at her body like this. And then she holds on to that memory and takes that with her. And it's like, I have to break that cycle because I did grow up in a house where we did talk about weight a lot. Um, it was a focus. I mean, I used to sneak snacks into my house in high school yeah. and it was like at all my, I love my mom. My mom is fucking amazing. And yeah. she did this. They were doing of, the best with what they right. had also at and the that's, time. Yes. 
and she did it out of her viewing it as helping me when actually like it 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 made me have a disoriented view with things and like I mean my friends used to remember like my family would have like food for everybody and like I'd have something different like I'd have like yeah. a something different yeah. or less um and so it's like I just think about that a lot of like why was that and why like like you said like they just were working with what they knew because I have a ton of friends that have pretty much the exact same experience and so we're in this generation that's like working so hard to break that cycle and help people feel empowered in their bodies and it takes having these conversations to do it but it's like how do we keep reaching more and more people because it's like you can hear people say this like your worth is not in the way that you look your worth is not in a weight your worth is not in like six-pack abs but how do people like, cause I can say that and I believe it, but then I still have that battle. And it's like, how do we help more people to lean into that and let go of this disoriented way of thinking of like, I have to count my calories. I have to weigh myself. I have to fit in the pre-pregnancy genes. Like how do we start to really make a shift as a culture? Well, it's hard because, um, I want to say this. I'm just going to say it very matter-of-factly because it's true. We still live in a culture that does value that over anything. Like, fat people are not treated well. They are not considered. Um, So I think it's extra normal to feel like, well, I don't want to be feeling like an outcast either. Um, So I think major, major shifts from the top need to happen in terms of like ditching the BMI once and for all, um, really reevaluating the health concerns of obesity and all of that instead of just, you know, dismissing people and telling them they need to lose weight instead of actually testing them for medical things like medical weight bias is such a dangerous problem like there are so many layers of that within our society that like definitely need to change but in terms of like okay what can we do here on the ground because that can be overwhelming and very like doomsday feeling um and feel like oh my god nothing's ever going to change because of course it is more and more people are working towards that and spreading that message. But I think a huge thing on like an individual level, because I totally get the like checking your body after the shower thing. I literally like for years, years, I, every time I went in a bathroom, any bathroom that had a mirror, I would lift up my shirt and check my stomach and like I don't know exactly what I was looking for but you would like assess and then based on like what you saw it would change your behaviors for like the rest of the day and the other day I think like yesterday actually I was feeling um I don't know kind of like off and bloated and whatever and I did it and I caught myself half like shirt pull and it was like 
what are you doing? And like put my shirt back down and was like, like kind of had as crazy as it sounds like a little conversation with myself of like, no, we don't do that anymore. Remember? Like, what is that going to help you with? Um, and I, a huge thing that I, you know, told my clients in my body image group is kind of striving more just for a general level of respect for your body as a place to start rather than, you know, body positivity, body love, body appreciation. Like, I think it's kind of like to think of it as like a ladder to kind of get there. And some days you'll, you know, backslide a little bit, but, um, working on just general things like you were saying of like respecting your body. So I'm not going to count calories because I know how, what is that, what that has done to my mental health before I'm not going to do this workout class, even though I, you know, because I feel like I really need to rest in, I'm going to listen to my body and listen to what it's telling me. Or some days it's like, you know what, today I do need to go to the workout class because I know it'll make me feel better after. Like it really is, I don't know, a lot of like finding that just general, okay, how can I care for myself today? Rather than like, how am I going to love my body today kind of thing. And it just slowly builds into a thing where the more connected you feel to your body, um, like it will help you with like your intuition and all of that, that kind of like trickles into your everyday life and then can slowly start to build up to more of like, wow, I appreciate my legs today because they helped me lift my child 10 million times when they wanted me to pick them up or like chase them around the park um, or like, you know, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. I think it it's exactly like you said, it's just important to keep talking about it and equipping yourself with ways to speak to yourself, right? Because at the end of the day, how we speak to ourselves, that's what's going to be the change. Mm -hmm. And if we can start there, because we can't control what other people are going to say to us, then we can start to get a little bit more confident in ourselves and start to really feel empowered in our bodies. And then if someone does say something about our body image or make a comment about our size or our weight, we're able to, like you said, set that boundary. My weight, my body image is not something for you to comment on. And also like with your friends, like in a way to kind of like spread this on the ground, um, you don't have to be like preachy or anything, but if you like listen to a podcast that really moved you or helped you in some way, and you know that like you were with your friend the day before and they were saying X, Y, and Z about themselves, shoot them the podcast link and be like, I just listened to this and it really helped me. Like I was thinking about you and like what you were saying yesterday, like I think maybe it would help you too. And like little loving things like that can be such a huge helper. Well, just leveling everyone up around you, right? If you mm -hmm. found something beneficial to you, sharing that out with others and helping others to feel encouraged in their journey, yeah. wherever they're at, because it is important to note, like we're all at different spots. We're all in different places. We all have different goals, but I think at the end of it, and like that center root is like self-love is important. Self-love matters. Loving your- mm -hmm self 
I said self maybe a thousand <laughs> seconds, but like loving who you are, that is an eternal thing, right? Like if mm-hmm. we can learn to love ourselves, that's a lifelong relationship and we are investing in who we are how we the most important right it's the most important one and the more that we can work on that relationship it's going to help us in absolutely everything else that we do in life yeah whatever it is that you need to do for yourself but like learning to feel empowered in our bodies is so important and learning to recognize when we consume something that is causing us to not love ourselves like start to question that and remove it like we just need to be aware of everything that we see doesn't always mean like that is good I need that it's like actually maybe what I'm looking at is impacting me in a negative way and like questioning that and removing it setting the boundaries within the people you're interacting with and with the things in which you're consuming so that you can just start to level up in that self-love relationship yeah and that stuff spreads you know like your kids will they're so much more intuitive than you know we give them credit for they'll see that self-love and be able to like reflect and pick that up for themselves your friends will feel it your family will feel it the people that you're around like and it will just kind of help to spread it just a little bit more and maybe encourage someone to also you know reflect on their own relationship like i don't think like you said everyone is in such a different spot so you know if your friend is kind of like dealing with an eating disorder maybe they don't even really realize that it's disordered it's not going to help to like shame them because you're you know doing so well on your body image journey and even if it's out of love and wanting them to be where you're at you kind of also have to like meet people where they're at and allow them to kind of have their own journey too within your body image coaching what what has been like and maybe we've already talked about all of them but what has been like the most pivotal ways in which you supported and empowered people in that journey. Yeah. Um, well, so actually it kind of was something that like sparked the whole idea to do that because during COVID while like the gyms were still closed and everything, I created like a virtual workout program that was like six to eight weeks or something. Um, it was like a group program, all virtual and like self-led, but I would have these weekly check-ins with all the clients and I just kept hearing, the same kind of messages over and over again. Cause I think I did add in like some journal prompts and like some internal stuff too. And they would just talk about how like, oh, I finally feel this shift that I wasn't even looking for, but I notice it that like, I am listening to my body more and I'm working out because it's like making me excited and making me feel good. And when I have like a rest day and have to like skip a workout or move it to like adjust the schedule. Like I've never been so accepting of myself in doing that. Um, and so that kind of like really sparked the idea to do the body image. Cause I'm like, the workout stuff is great. And obviously I love it. It's what I do professionally, but this other stuff is what people really need and what they're looking for and what can really transform their lives. So I think that's a huge part. So we kind of do this um, 
like embodiment practice where I I think it's like a meditation that I do. It's been like a few months since the program ended, but um and basically you think back to when you were a child because there are so many people um you know like we really love fitness and exercise and stuff, but so many people kind of like put themselves in a box. Maybe they had really negative experiences in gym class. Also same, I feel you, we can recover from that. But like, you know, the maybe the mile run really scarred them for life. And they always labeled themselves after that. It's like, I'm not athletic. I can't, I don't like working out or, you know, you force yourself to go to all these classes that you absolutely hate. So you dread it. So maybe you do it for like a week and then you don't work out for like months and months and months and you can't find a routine. Um, so really going back and reflecting um, to times when you were a child where you were moving and you felt really alive in your body and you felt free and um, whether it's like exercising or it's just you know, movement and helping people realize that like movement in any form is exercising. So encouraging people to kind of connect with their inner child, which is super healing in and of itself. And, you know, some people like will then pick up like dance classes or just start walking or go rollerblading and like find these really fun ways to move their bodies and like one it helps you create a consistent exercise or like movement routine which is all that really matters consistency is really the key there um and also helps them to find a connection with their body again in a way that's not judging or punishing or like forcing anything um and finding that connection that embodiment like coming back into your body and like sort of claiming it as a part of yourself is so huge in the whole body image thing I inner child work is like I mean it goes back to that unlearning of the things and recognizing the different experiences that we had growing up that have impacted us now today and it's such an like eye-opening experience to do yeah. that work <laughs> it's raw like it's raw and it's tough but it can be so freeing when you dig deep and really start to reflect on all those different experiences that you had as a kid and I loved what you said about doing embodiment work and like feeling it in your body and it was really cool to hear how your clients like the body image stuff was some of the biggest takeaways for them because I think we just never know what someone needs. And then we start to work with them in like a few different areas. And it's like so cool that you were able to hear from them that like, actually, this is where I was feeling the most empowered. Like, yeah, the workouts felt awesome, but like being able to like have this healthier relationship with myself was where I felt the most growth. And like working on loving your body is not just like this physical thing. Like you said, it's mental to it. That's mostly what it is. It's a mindset shift. And where have you felt like you've benefited the most from making that mindset shift around just seeing the beauty in your body and feeling really empowered in um, who you are? Yeah. I mean, definitely that, what you just said, like, I feel like I 
whether it's physically or just like myself as a person, I've never felt more like sure of and confident because I dug deeper and like worked on finding my own value and the things that I value and the things that I bring to the table beyond my body. But also a huge part of it is like, um, kind of what I was just saying, like finding that connection with my body. And it's, it sounds so cheesy, but like, if you've ever been on the other side of it, where you are super controlled by trying to control your body, the freedom and the peace that you can feel when you find that connection with yourself, um, even in just like the language that you use, like think about all the times throughout your life that you've said things like, oh, I just like, I can't lose the last five pounds. My body is being so stubborn or why does my body hate me? Or like, I'm going to go kill my body in that workout class, like that kind of thing, like super negative, negative language. Um, and starting to kind of like strip that back also just like helps you bring that connection back into your body of like, you're claiming it. It is part of you. It's not something that you have. It's not something that is like an external thing to manipulate. Um, and I don't know. I feel like that also kind of probably goes into like the mind gut connection kind of thing, like, and cortisol levels and all that. I'm, I don't know the specifics about all that stuff. I'm not going to pretend like I am any kind of nutrition professional, but, um, yeah, I feel like if you can kind of work through the mental part of it, you'll kind of start to find the peace in like the physical too. Do you, I'm just curious, do you follow Dana Mercer on social media? She is someone she'll post photos of herself and she just shows like, cause this would be like the last thing I'd really love to talk about is just like yeah. also how distorted social media is with like the ease in which we can edit a photo to remove cellulite rolls, um, make our thighs smaller, make our face skinnier, make our arms smaller. And she will show like, literally she'll do like a screen recording of here's my actual photo. Okay. Here's me editing absolutely everything to distort it into this perfect, beautiful image. And it took seconds and you would have no idea that which one was real and which one wasn't. And it's like, we compare ourselves on social media to images that we don't even know if that's actually what the person looks like. And I mean, it's the same thing with filters, right? Mm -hmm. You show up on social media, you throw a filter on if you're not feeling yourself without it. And now they've got ones that contour your face and add eyelashes. And there's just like all these things that we are constantly being faced with every single day that we're battling against. And it's like, the more you can just equip yourself with these tools that Amanda's talking about and recognizing like the things that we're consuming or the things that people are saying to us, like we have to set that boundary. And then we have to do that work to speak to ourselves in a different way to have positive affirmations, to learn to work with our bodies and feel embodied, to be willing to go back and reflect on our childhood and do that inner child work and create this toolbox to help us in our body image journey. Yeah. And like, 
I, yeah, that's so key. Like it's so layered. Like if you're looking at like celebrities and all of that, which, you know, that's kind of where it started for all of us was comparing ourselves to these like magazine covers, like pre-social media and all of that. Um, but like with them, let's talk about Kim Kardashian for a second. And I'm not a Kardashian hater, but I'm also not a Kardashian apologist, but that her whole Met Gala thing, that just proves Kim Kardashian is the beauty standard and she's not even reaching it without extreme dangerous behaviors. Do you know what I mean? Like, so all of that, it's all smoke and mirrors. They're not even like, or they are a beauty standard. They're doing it by starving themselves by like working out to the extreme by wearing like sauna suits while they work out like they can't even do it so why are we holding ourselves to it but then social media comes in and it is like a whole other ball game a whole you know more and more layers of it because you're seeing people that you know and or you know maybe that you don't know but kind of more seem like peers you know that you're like well why does their skin look like that? Why does their hair look like that on a random Tuesday? Why, you know, why do they look like that? And I look like this. And then also with the filters, distorting your own perception of yourself. Like, I feel like before filters, you wouldn't really think twice about hopping on and like just sharing yourself. And now sometimes like, I'll go to like, talk into my phone for a story. And without the filter, I'm like, oh my God, I do not like how I look. And then you throw it on and you like how you look. And that really can affect like your psyche a little bit too. Mm. Just a lot. But it's, you got to just check yourself a lot and try not to mindlessly consume it. And yeah, follow some people like that, that share the BS and remind you because it'll come up and it's so subconscious but then to see a reminder like that of like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm feeling bad about myself, but like probably not even what she even really looks like, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, it's just like that reminder of taking breaks and checking in with yourself and maybe having other people check in with you too and where you're at in your journey. But it goes back to just like, we've been talking about this entire episode of your worth isn't in the way in which you look, mm -hmm. reminding yourself, and it's going to take constantly reminding yourself of that to really feel it, to really believe in it. And some days are going to be better than others. And that's okay. Be kind to yourself. Um, find other people that empower you that are doing this and showing up in a real and an authentic way mm -hmm. and help you to feel good in your body because it's your home right like yeah. we should feel good in our homes and we should take care of the relationship that we have with self because like you said it's the most important one yeah and I feel like two things um with like social media specifically start to like be super intentional about how you're using it which sounds silly but set boundaries with yourself too like all right, I'm having a really bad body image day. I'm not going to go on Instagram right now because that will send me in a, you know, a spiral or you know, like muting people if you feel bad on following them or unfollowing people if you notice that you feel negative after you're like scrolling through and seeing their content or even like it kind of helps you like stop mindlessly scrolling too because 
if you, you know, we all, we get bored for a hot second and then we're like all of a sudden on Instagram, like, whoa, how'd that happen? But like trying to fill those like mindless times with something else. Um, but also like, just think about yourself. I don't know. In two ways. I think about my past self and I get so sad for her about so much time and energy that was just so wasted on all of that. And then I think about myself when I'm like old, 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 like, are you really going to want to look back and just be like, wow, I wish that I cared a lot less about what I thought about myself, what other people saw me and just like enjoyed the moment and made memories and enjoyed life. You know, like, I don't think we realize how much it takes away just from your everyday life and your joy. Yes. That is the message people like five years from now, a year from now is what you're letting into your mind and like what you're letting consume you is that going to be what you remember or is it going to be the way in which you live your life to the fullest Mm -hmm. and remembering yourself of that like I love that Amanda I think that's such a great reminder of what is going to matter when we reflect back on our past and yeah that's where we need to put our energy and our focus and that little mindset shift can be so helpful and it's it is it's We've been saying it, but it's that work of finding the different things that work for you because what works for me may not work for you and what works for Amanda may not work for you, but it's trying different things on and creating your own personal toolbox. Yeah. Life is too short, you know? I just made a TikTok about that. Short. With the it's too short uh, from two friends. Highly recommend everyone go listen oh. to it because it's a great reminder. Life is too short. Amanda, my last out. question for you is, what yeah. is the ripple that you want to create? Ooh, I love that. Um, I think it's exactly that. Like, can you help one person, whether it's your friend, whether it's like your mom? Like, I feel like my mom and I, since I've kind of been on this journey, have had so many beautiful conversations and realizing her own struggle with it and how now in her 50s, she's like for the first time really doing the work. And what a beautiful like new beginning for her or, you know, you can help a stranger or a friend or any of that. If you can like spread some of that positivity and motivation and self-love and all of that, like to one other person, it's exactly that it's a ripple effect. And I think it can affect more people than you think. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. This has been wonderful getting to chat with you. Um, Everybody make sure you go check her out. Where can the listeners find you? Yeah. I mean, most of it happens on Instagram per usual. Um, You can follow me at Amanda Brabeck and then um, my podcast Instagram at build with Brabeck podcast. And it's B-R-A-B-E-C which will probably be on the episode title. So (laughs) it'll be all linked in the show notes. Amanda, thank you so much again. It was wonderful having you on the podcast 
And yeah, this has been so great. It was so great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And to everybody listening, make sure if this episode resonates with you, share it out with a friend, share it out with a family member, whoever else needs to hear this, because that's what it's all about, creating ripples of impact out into the world. That's what this community was created for. So until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples. Oh,